Well, for those of that you guys that don't know me, my name is Frank. I have the honor to be the outreach and operations pastor here. Pastor Scott and Annie and the kids are on vacation. They are in Florida, uh, not missing the snow that we just got yesterday, right? So they will be back here next week. Uh, they love you guys. They're, uh, they're happy that you guys are here. And I'm just thankful that they can have some time to get away and to be refreshed, right? How many of you know it's important for our lead pastors to be refreshed? How many of you guys are you you like being refreshed, right? You like being rested, right? And uh, so I'm thankful that Pastor Scott and Annie have the opportunity to do that. So what that means is you're stuck with me this morning. You're stuck with me. And I have, let me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, okay? When I get asked to speak, usually I'll ask the lead pastor or whoever is asking me to speak, do you have anything you want me to talk about? Do you have anything you want me to share? Um, there's things that maybe they don't feel like they want to share or, or, or it just com- it'd be better coming from someone else, you know, for various reasons. And for me personally, coming up with a topic, coming up with uh, figuring out what God wants to say and what God wants to speak, and, uh, and, you know, wants to speak to the truth doesn't come naturally to me, okay? I'm letting you in on a little secret. It doesn't come naturally to me. So when the lead pastor or whoever asked me to speak gives me something to say, I get excited, right? So I go up to Pastor Scott, and he asked me if I could speak this week going to Florida, and I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, you know. Is there anything you want me to speak on? He looked at me and said, no. And, and I was like, okay. And he's like, whatever God puts on your heart, speak about that, you know, and we're, if you know, we're in this series called Acts, right, and so we're going to take a quick pause on that, and we're going to continue it next week, because Pastor Scott has a message that he wants to share next week that had been on his heart for a while, and he felt like he had to be the one to share and bring what God spoke to him, so today, we're going to see what happens, okay, we're going to see what God has said, what God is speaking, what God has spoken to me. And uh, some of you guys I know are probably already on the edge of your seats because last time I spoke, there may have been a drum solo. <laughs> and some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. So you better be on the edge of your seats the entire time because there may be somebody just walking by with a drum solo. Okay, I just want to give you guys a heads up on that. Um, but no, I was looking at t- this year, and I was looking at, okay, God, what do you want to say? What are you speaking? What have you, what have you been speaking? And I've been noticing that we're in this series, Acts, right? We've been looking at the early church, and we've been looking at how the Holy Spirit moves, and we're only a couple of chapters in, and we've gone through four or five weeks of it, and we're going to continue to go through this series. And I thought, okay, God, you've been speaking about the Holy Spirit, you've been speaking about the new early church, and then I remember when, how many of you guys remember when Dave spoke? You know, he talked about being stuck, so stoked, and great message, you know, it's all about the mind, and how would you speak, and at the end, he had the, the illustration with the lantern, you know, that sparked the Holy Spirit, and so, okay, okay, God, I see, I see what you're speaking there, and then I remember uh, back in, it was New Year's Eve service, it was the last service of 2023, and if you guys were here, you remember that we just had a service where we pretty much did worship, right? And um, there was no message prepared. It was just like, okay, we're going we're gonna to take some time and just worship and see what God does. 
How many of you guys remember that service? It was a great service. I, I, I love those kind of services. Pastor Jacob and the team get, get to lead us into the altar, right? And if you remember, Pastor Scott came up here and he shared something, and he even said this from the stage. It's like, I don't know what I'm about to say. None of this is scripted. I'm going to share what God's put in my heart. And what he shared on was the Valley of Dry Bones. If you guys remember that, the Valley of Dry Bones. This is Ezekiel chapter 37, and he shares about this. Now, when he shared that, it, it really resonated with me, and it really spoke to me. And I'll share later on why that resonated with me. But today, I want to I do a deeper dive on the scriptures of the Valley of Dry Bones. So, we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 37. But before we even get there, I have to set up the storyline, okay? Because I believe when we read Ezekiel 37, there's going to be things that we may not understand or things that we may miss because, guess what? The Bible is a full of stories, and it is a journey, and there's stories, and we're going to, so what I want to do really quick is just give you a brief overview of where we lead up into Ezekiel 37. Now, the, we have a group of people called the Israelites, okay? The Israelites was a group of people that when they, when anyone looked at the Israelites, this was to be the group of people that were known after following God right? So you have all these different tribes, tongues, and nations, and they're all doing their thing. They're all following different gods and pagan, you know, worship and idols and all these things. But when it came to the Israelite, you were to know that this was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? Like this was the God of all gods, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings. And so when you looked at the Israelites and the way they lived and the way they had their journey, it was supposed to represent what it would look like after living a life of following after God. So, this is why we hear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just as a few moments ago that Dave shared. So, because of the promise that God made with Abraham, okay? So, God gave Abraham a promise, right? Your descendants will be numerous as the stars, right? And we see that promise, and we see that promise come to fruition, and we see them get to Egypt. Now, when we think of Egypt, if you read the Old Testament, you think of it as a land of slavery, right? Because they were in slavery for 400 years. However, before it was a land of slavery, they actually found favor in the land of Egypt. We go back into time and we see Joseph, which is the son of Jacob, right? And we see that the brothers sell him into slavery, and it happens to be to the Egyptians. And he gets to the land of Egypt, and over time, he rises up to second in, in ranking, right, under the Pharaoh. And through, through some dreams and all this, he gives them a vision saying, there's going to be a famine, you need to prepare for it, right? And so fast forward some time, we see the brothers and the famine that are happening in this place, and, and Jacob is saying, hey, you need to go to Egypt and get food because we're running low on food. Little did they know that it was the brother that they sold into slavery that orchestrated all of this, right? Fast forward over time, they, they get reunited, and he wants to, uh, Joseph wants to see his father. So they come back and move into this land. So he asked the Pharaoh at the time, hey, I want my family to move 
folks to hear. And, and the Pharaoh is like, yes, please, you've done so much for our nation. I want you to have favor in it. So they walk into the land of Egypt with favor, okay? Which follows by 400 years of slavery. Now, we look at the story and we think, man, this, this doesn't make sense, right? I'm going to fast forward a little bit later. They were finally set free, okay? And now they're heading to the promised land, the promise that was given to Abraham. I know I'm saying a lot this, this will all make sense at the end, okay? So we see them heading to the promised land. And what was supposed to be about a 10 to 11-day journey ended up taking 40 years. 40 years. Can you imagine getting on a plane that was going, you know, flying to Florida, that's supposed to take, you know, four hours, five hours, and it ended up taking three weeks? You would lose your mind, right? You'd be like, something is wrong. This shouldn't take this long. So they're on a journey going to the land that God promised them. Remember, this is the Israelites. This is who the people, when they were supposed to look at the Israelites, they would see, okay, this is God. This is what God is doing. This is how God moves. This is what the favor of God looks like, right? And yet, being into a land of Egypt that where they found favor upon ended up being into 400 years of slavery. Then they get free and they go into a land that was promised to them that should have only taken 10 to 11 days and it ended up taking them 40 years, okay? Why did that happen? Because of disobedience. Now, that's not something we like to hear. That's not something we uh, want to hear about. But it was because of their, their disobedience that it took this long. So, they finally get set free, and they finally occupy the land after 40 years, okay? And this is where we see, okay, everything's good, right? God, they, they made it to the promised land. Everything is great. This is exactly what God has, has brought us to, right? Yet more disobedience came. More disobedience came. If we go back a little bit further, we'll see Moses, right? We'll see Moses going on Mount Sinai and getting the Ten Commandments. He gets, and it's just not the Ten Commandments. He actually gets a whole bunch of other laws and regulations that they have to follow. Why? Because remember, the Israelites were supposed to be a group of people. And they say, when you live this way, you are following after the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were named after those three people because of generations to come. They would say, this is what, this is the God we are supposed to follow. And so they have all these laws and all these regulations, something that doesn't make sense to us today, but at the time it did. And this was to go show, this is how we live a life followed after God, okay? Because when they get to the promised land, it was going to be full of people who didn't live that way. They worship other gods. They worship other. They did worship other idols and all of this. And so we see them occupy the land, and yet they were disobedient again. And we see prophets now start to pop up into the story. We see Jeremiah. We see Daniel, and they're all warning the Israelites: if you do not change your ways, this is what's going to happen. Okay. This is where we pick up in Ezekiel. Okay. We see other nations try to overcome the Israelites while they're in the promised land. And this is where the Babylonians come in and they succeed in this. 
their mission and their strategy was to exile them. So at times, at certain times, they would take groups of the Israelites and they would remove them from the promised land and take them to Babylon. And what they were doing is they were making the nation weaker. They were making the Israelites weaker so they could overcome them. This is where we pick up. Now, I know I just said a lot. I know I kind of recapped pretty much all the, the uh, Old Testament up until this point. But what I want to do is I want to read Ezekiel chapter 37 to you this morning. And I believe that there's going to be things that we're going to pick up from this that we wouldn't have understood had we not recapped all that we just read. So I also did not recap everything. There's a lot more that goes into it. But that is the beauty part of the word of God. Now, what I just said, you may think, man, I, I didn't realize that this was a journey for the Israelites. If you read the word of God and you open it up, up and you just read it and take time and spend time with it, you'll begin to see a story. You'll begin to see all these stories connect and take place. So we're going to read Ezekiel 37. And now Ezekiel himself is an, he's an exile. He was one of the people that was in the promised land and was removed. And now he's in Babylon. He's sitting along the river and God gives him a vision, okay? He was raised as a priest, so he had the priestly background in him. And he starts getting this vision, and this is the start of the call of, of Ezekiel becoming a prophet, okay? So he's getting all these, these uh, visions, and he's telling the people, he's telling the Israelites, and he's warning them, hey, if you don't change your ways, if you don't repent, this is what's going to happen, okay? And he's doing this over and over and over again. If you read Ezekiel at the, at the book, you'll see over and over again he talks about this. And guess what? The Israelites are not listening. They are not listening to him. Now, put yourself in Ezekiel's shoes. You're being obedient. You're following after God. You're saying, okay, God, whatever you have for me, whatever you want, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be obedient. I'm going to speak your word. And hopefully your people can hear and change the ways, and yet they do not. You'd be pretty frustrated, right? You'd be like, God, why are you even using me? Why, why are you speaking through to me? They're not hearing it. But I also want you to put yourself in the shoes of the Israelites. Now, everything that I just explained about the journey that the Israelites were on were multiple generations. So it's not like one person lived through all this. But how many of you know some of us are standing where we are today because of our parents, because of our grandparents, good or bad, right? There's generations that have placed us in where we're at. So when we see the story of the Israelites, they are tired. There have been highs and lows. And at this point, they are in a valley. They are in a valley because... They had got to the promised land. Everything was supposed to be good, the land flowing with milk and honey. Life was supposed to be good. And now another nation is trying to overtake them again, and they're being exiled, okay? That's where we pick up. So I wanna, what I want to do is I want to read Ezekiel chapter 37 to you, and I'm going to read it all at once, and then I'm going to break it down so we can really understand. So we're going to read it twice, okay? Are you guys good with that? You good? Do I have you? All right. Let's do this. Verse 1, it says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. 
He led me all, among, all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord said. Look, I am going to put breath in you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across all the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skins formed to cover their bodies. But then they had, still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies again, so they may live again. So as I spoke the message, as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life, stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord said. O my people, I will open up your grave to exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back into the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I have said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Now, if you think about the journey that the Israelites had gone up onto this point, you'll have picked up on some of those things that, that Ezekiel shares in this vision. So, what's important is to realize in chapter 36, there was a promise given. And the promise that was given was new life and the nation restored. We now get to chapter 37 with what we just read, and this is the vision of the promise that was given in chapter 36. So what I want to do is I want to break this up because I know I just shared a lot and that was, there was a lot of verses in that. So what I want to do is break this up verse by verse. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. This was the vision that Ezekiel was giving, and the dry bones represented the Israelites. They were scattered all around because they were currently being exiled. They were currently being taken away from the land that God has promised them. So if you're an Israelite hearing this, this, this already resonates with you. Because you get, yep, we are scattered and broken. We are exiled and tired. 
In verse 3, it continues on and says, Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. I don't know about you, but when I first read that, I was like, come on, Ezekiel, that's such a cop-out answer. Yeah, of course God knows the answer, right? Of course the God of, you know, who knows everything would, yes, he's going to know the answer. But then I started to remember the story, okay? Ezekiel had been speaking what God has spoken to them, and they weren't listening. So why would this change? Why would this vision change of why the Israelites would listen or not? And so he's talking and having a dialogue with like, okay, God, only you know if the Israelites are actually going to listen to this vision and do what this says. And then in verse 4 it says, Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath in you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. He's telling the Israelites, listen to what God has to say. I know I've been speaking this over and over to you. I know you've been hearing this, but I need you to listen to what God has to say. I know you're tired, but you will come alive again. And guess what? I will remind you that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is trying to tell these people, I see where you're at. I see that you're in the valley, but there will be new life. Verse 7, so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise across all across the valley, and the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. You see, Ezekiel had to be obedient. He had to speak the word of the Lord, and in the act of his obedience, he heard a rattle. He heard a rattle. Verse 8, then, he's, then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, and the, fo- and the skin formed to cover the bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, come, come, O breath from all four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke as he commanded me, and breath came into the bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. You see, they, Ezekiel was watching the flesh and the skins and the muscles come together to form a body, but it was not yet alive until God's breath had come in. You see, this is the equivalent of God saying, I make a promise to the nation. Israel will be restored. But not only the nation will be restored, you yourself will have new life. Now, if you're in a valley and if you're in a place where you're frustrated and you're depressed, and all, when you hear those words, that's encouraging. I don't know about you, but that would be encouraging to me. You know, okay, God, you have these promises. You brought us on this journey, and every time you say something, you remain faithful to your promise. So he's he- they're hearing these words. Okay, all right, so you're going to bring new life. Verse 11, then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. 
All hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord said. O my people, I will open up your grave from exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back into the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I have said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. You see, this breaks down everything we just read. This, the bones were the Israelites. They were the group of people. And these people are saying, we are dry old bones. The nation is done for. We've been here, been there, done that, right? Like it, it, we're done. They're frustrated. They're saying, God, I, I, I don't understand why this is happening. Little did they know if they had just been obedient to the covenant that was made between him, between them and God, maybe none of this wouldn't happen. And some of us today, see, when we read this vision, this is why I wanted us to bring the story and the journey of the Israelites. Because I feel like when we read this vision, we start to understand what this meant to the Israelites then and how God was speaking to them today or then. However, I feel like there are some truths that in this vision that apply to us today. You see, as I was thinking about what to share about, uh, I started, uh, and God started to remind me of, of this, of the word that, you know, uh, they gave, or he gave Pastor Scott on New Year's Eve about this uh, vision in the, of the Valley of Dry Bones. I started to think about, okay, you see, when we take time to listen to the word of the Lord, God begins to speak, right? And some of us, and, and I'm, I'm in this place where I'm pre preparing for this message, and I'm preparing, okay, God, what are you speaking to your church? What are you saying to your people? And Pastor Scott does this week in and week out, right? He does his very best to try to hear from God and say, what are you speaking to your people? And the beauty of, of the church today is the lead pastor is supposed to take this shepherd right here and, and, and guide them, right, through what God is speaking to them, just like Ezekiel was doing in these visions and, and, and preparing the Israelites for what's to come, right? God was speaking a specific message, and I started thinking about the, the story of, of, of all the stories in the Bible. And most of the time when God speaks, he's speaking to a group of people. Now, that doesn't mean that you other people outside of that group can't receive it or can't understand it. But he usually speaks to a group of people. And I started thinking about this is what Pastor Scott has the responsibility to do every single week in this house. And it's easy to allow the word of the Lord to come through the pastor and not yourselves. But I want to tell you today, you have access to the word of the Lord. You see, back in the day, they had the prophets, they had the priests, there was a whole a bunch of laws and regulations on how to get into, enter into the holy of holies. Only certain people can enter into the presence of God. That all is gone. The veil has been torn, and you and I have access to the God of all gods, right? You and I have access to this. So to what I want us to do today, I want to give you three things, and we're going to wrap up here in a couple of minutes. I want to give you three things that we can take from this. The point number one, I kind of already pointed to this. Listen 
to the word of the Lord. Are you taking time yourselves to position yourself to hear from the word of the Lord, not just on Sunday morning church? Because God will speak through Pastor Scott, and it may resonate with you, and the Holy Spirit can move in that. But what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? And see, I got so excited about this message because I had been planning this, I've been pre- preparing for this, I've been getting into the Word, I've been trying to see what God has, wants to say, and I'm excited for this, right? You could position yourself in the same place if you continue to get into the Word. So this is twofold. Number one, are you giving yourself time where you just give yourself space to allow God to speak to you? Where you're still and you allow God to say something to you? Because I believe there are things that God wants to happen inside of you and those around you and use you for. But until you take time to hear God's voice, you may be missing what he's trying to say. And in this day and age, it's hard, right? Because our culture is so fast-paced. We've got phones. We've got all these things that distract us. Even worship music at times can distract us, right? I love worship music. I listen to it all the time, and there are times I wonder if I just turn off the, the music and just sat in silence, if I would hear God's voice. You see, the Israelites didn't have to do this because they had people that were chosen and that had to, be, had to follow God to speak the word of the Lord, but you and I have the opportunity today to hear the word of the Lord. second part of that is we have access to the word of the Lord right here. This is God's word that is alive and active, and it still applies to us today. There may be things and situations that you're in that this word can answer to. Are you listening and hearing the word of the Lord? The second point I want to bring up is obedience is key. Obedience is key. You see, Ezekiel didn't hear the rattle when God said this was going to happen. He said that there were bones that were going to come together as flesh. I'm going to put flesh and muscles, and and you're going to see the body, right? That didn't happen until Ezekiel did what God asked him to do, which was what? Prophesy to the bones. Speak what I have told you. So Ezekiel placed himself where he can listen to the Lord, hear the word of the Lord, and now he gets to act on that. He gets to act in obedience. So now he is speaking to the, to the bones. And then he heard a rattle. And then he began to see things move. And then situation began to change. And then we see, okay, maybe the situation isn't what it looks like right now. Obedience is key. You see, but how do you be obedient? if you're not hearing the word of the Lord. If you're not positioning yourself in a place where you can hear from God, what is there to be obedient to? What is there to be obedient to? We live our lives the way we want to, how we want to, when we want to, right? That is our selfish nature. But if we took some time and said, God, what are you speaking to me? And then acted upon that, which brings me to the third point, is with God's spirit, anything can happen. Now, I had trouble with this last point, because I originally had it where it said, 
without God's Spirit, we can't do anything. And then I started looking at the story of the Israelites. Well, they tried. They tried doing it without God's Spirit. And guess what? Things did happen. Not the way they wanted to. The journey became 400 years and 40 years when it was only supposed to be, you know, not that long. They did. But with God's Spirit, anything can happen. You see, the body was formed, but it was not yet alive. And some of us today may feel like that. The body is formed, but until we receive the Spirit of God, anything can happen. So here's the encouragement I want to leave here with today. What looks dead, God can restore. What looks dead, God can restore. I want to have to invite the worship team to come back up. I want to bring you back to the beginning of the message when I said, when Pastor Scott came up here on New Year's Eve and shared that word and why it resonated so much with me. Three years ago, I was sitting up in the balcony and I was praying and I was actually listening to a song, a song that we're about to sing. And I was listening to this, and it, it's all about the valley of dry bones. And I'm, and I'm sitting up there, and I'm looking at this place. And I'm like, okay, God, like, whew. And this song, is, it gets me excited, it gets me pumped up, you know. And I'm trying to really hone in, okay, what, is, what are you saying to me? And so when Pastor Scott brought that up on New Year's Eve, and I've been seeing, okay, you've been talking about the Holy Spirit. You've been talking about new life. You've been talking about breathing new life in us again. When I was up in, uh, up in the balcony he, listening to this song, I started, I didn't, and I didn't even know everything that I just read today, okay? I started looking at this sanctuary, and I'm thinking, okay, God, there are, you want to do something here. You want to move in your people. You want to bring new life into this place. You want to fill these seats again. And I, I'm getting excited, and I'm like, okay, God, you want to restore the nation. You want to restore your church, but not only that, you want to bring new life. And this is what I want to leave here with you today. God wants to bring new life in you. What that means is marriages are restored. A son and a daughter running back into the arms of the Father. Your finances that are all over the place, will you finally begin to trust God and say, God, I trust you. I will hear you and trust and obey you. And God will make numbers add up in a way that they don't add up. Some of you have dreams that you've had for years. And you're positioning yourself like the Israelites. I'm just a dry old bone. God's done with me. And God wants to bring new life and say, ah, not yet. God's not done with you yet. Some of you have visions that are to come that you're scared to do. But if you just position yourself to hear from God, act upon it, be in obedience, and allow God's spirit to move in you, you'll be amazed at what God can do. 
what looks dead in your life, in a situation that you're in, a relationship, in your workplace, maybe in a situation that you're just tired, you feel like the Israelites and you're exiled, you're like, God, when does this end? What looks dead, God can restore. God can breathe new life in you and I. And that's what I want to leave you here with today as we listen to this song. Some of you may know the song, you may not know the song. If you know the song, I want to encourage you to, to sing it with all of your heart. If you don't know the song, maybe you just need to listen to the lyrics. And maybe God will speak something to you through those lyrics. Some of you may just need to open up the word of God right now and just listen to him. But some of you just may need to sit still as we get to this time where we close service and just say, God, what are you speaking to me? Position yourself to hear from the word of the Lord. You'll stand with me today as we close. God wants to bring new life in you and I. And he wants to do it through you and I. And so this morning, if you think, I'm in a place where I'm just tired, I need God's spirit, I want to invite you to come up. We'll have prayer teams up here that would love to pray with you. Some of you, 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 just, you need God's spirit in your situation. You need God to intercede for you. Come up here. Some of you, you just need to put, put yourself in a position where you say, God, what do you have for me? It's been so long since I've been refreshed. It's been so long since I've been excited about what you're doing. Some of you have lost You've lost hope, and you feel like you're in a valley. And God wants to restore that hope this morning. He wants to breathe new life to you. So let's listen to the word of the Lord. Let's be obedient to it, and let's allow God's spirit to move, because then maybe we'll hear a rattle.